Hi, this is Bob, and today I have an interview with Black Braid. Black Braid is a Native American black male solo project hailing from the Adirondack wilderness. This album could be the number one death metal album of the year. I can't think of a better way to celebrate my 100th interview. So here is my interview 100 with Black Braid. Oh, my friend. Hey, how's it going? Going great. You hear me okay? I can hear you great. Awesome. I wanted to to thank you for taking time to speak with me today. Oh, yeah, it's a pleasure. I mean, I'm happy to. So I wanted you to take me back to the game. How did Black Braid become a reality? Um, let's see. Uh, it there wasn't really like a uh, a set moment of it. It kind of just fell into place, I guess. Um, Barefoot Ghost Dance was the the first song I ever wrote for Black Braid, and um, the River of Time was the second one. And uh, I really didn't know what, I didn't know what was going to happen at all when I wrote those two. Um, I was kind of just dicking around. Um, You know, I hadn't made up the name Black Braid or anything at that point. Um, After I wrote The River of Time um, and had like those two really solid songs, which ended up being the first two singles just because that felt, kind of felt right with them being written first. But uh yeah, it was some. It was pretty much right after I finished writing that song. I was like, um, "Well, this stuff's really good," and I kind of want to keep writing. So maybe I should just make a a project out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was pretty organic. Like I didn't even plan to record those songs when I first wrote them, and then once I had two and I was still going, I was like, "Yeah, I'll just start recording these and see what happens." And so that was kind of it, I guess. As far as the recording process, um, how did that how that all come about for you, and how was the process for you, as far as your first time uh, working on this project? Um, it was also like really stress free, pretty organic. I mean, I'm still recording now. I I, I try to go record once a month or so once every two months at the very minimum uh just to keep up on you know i got a second album going and stuff but um i'm pretty lucky i record with my buddy neil uh records everything for me and uh me and him are good friends so it's you know it's not really like a business partnership it's pretty much just like you know his studio's in his house i just go down there and we hang out for a few hours and we do whatever you know it's usually pretty relaxed. We do whatever we want and we'll keep whatever we think is good. And, um, yeah. So yeah, when it comes to recording, I pretty, we do the same shit. I kind of like, I wait till my lyrics are almost never done. Cause I never do them when I start doing the drums and the guitar, you know? Mm-hmm. So at that point I almost never have lyrics. Um, I usually get to the point where a song is about 75% done instrumentally and then we start recording it and really fine-tuning all the instruments and stuff and uh by the time we get the instruments to 100 percent, i'm usually at least halfway done with the lyrics because i'll start working on them 
around the time we start tracking instruments. So, um, but again, I don't really have a set process. Like, you know, there's been songs I finished in a week and there's been songs that are three months going and I'm still working on them. So. <laughs> I also wanted to ask you if you could speak on prying open the jaws of eternity. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what do you, what do you want to know about it? Well, two things, actually. Uh, one, I wanted to know if you could talk about it lyrically. And two, uh, the guitar work. I love the guitar work on that song. Yeah, I mean, that song's really special to me. It's um, it's a little different than the rest of the album. Um, it's got that doom and that old school heavy metal influence in it at different spaces, you know, and it's still black metal. And, um. That song is a little weirder or less traditional than the rest of them, I'd say. It doesn't have a chorus or a structure or anything to it, really. Um, that song, I decided to put it last because I love it, but it's also, uh, it's def it feels like it's such a major part of the album. Um, but so when I wrote that album, it only has six tracks because that's what I really wanted. And the next album's going to be longer. And like full disclosure, I uh, I had already started writing a track or two for the next album when I cut that album at six tracks. But I I decided that those six were like their own entity and really belong together. And I didn't want to add a seventh one. I figured it would be better to just add the next two to the next album and cap those six where they were. So. Mm -hmm. in my mind prying is kind of like uh almost like a window into the next album um i definitely expand my sound a bit more on the next album and i branch out uh there's more of everything i would say you know mm. there's more there's more black metal but there's also more doom influences and there's more acoustic and more like kind of black and roll beats and there's more flute you know more drums um so the second album is kind of just like a perfection of the first i would say and i thought that prying was really like a uh it just seemed like a really accurate window into where the sound is going for the second album and uh seemed like a perfect end to the album and also another one of my favorite tracks is The River of Time. Uh, I wanted to know if you could speak on that one as well. Yeah, I mean, that might be that might be my favorite on that album, too. It's really hard to pick a favorite, but um, that song is uh, that song's about a lot of things. Um, it's about the spirits and the mountains where I live. Uh, also heavily about time and the flow of time and kind of using the river as a metaphor for time um it's kind of you know it's a very fluid thing i, I could <laughs> i uh it's so hard to put it into words the song probably says it better than i can but um it's uh i'm not really i don't know it's um man it's so hard to to put the concept behind that song into words. Um, it's really just, uh, I'm heavily tied 
to water in the rivers around here. And you can kind of hear an extension of that in Sacandaga too, which is a very similar song. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's kind of an ode to the mountains around here. And um, I've, I've learned a lot of lessons from that river uh, about myself and, and, you know, time and um, the human conscious and uh, nature, you know, love, hate, really everything. Um, the running water is kind of a metaphor for it all in my mind. And uh, it's, I don't know, it's kind of hard to say what that song is about, but uh, that's probably as, probably as close as I can get. <laughs> to me it um it gives me a feeling that the essence of the things that happen to us is what uh makes us up as a person yeah i could see that in my mind it's almost i wouldn't say the opposite of that but it's kind of like the trivialness of that uh like the song talks about that stuff, but at the same time, it's more about like um, time as a whole and how, sh you know, how, how import unimportant we are in relation to the concept of time. And, you know, we're less sure. than a blink on the surface of, you know, time, time and memory and, a lot of that song is really about looking inwards and realizing really how uh, inferior and unimportant, you know, humans are as a whole in the grand scheme of things. And, um, you know, the time, time, time keeps flowing through us, uh, whether you like it or not, or whether you stop to notice it or not, there's, um, it's a very fluid thing that it's, it's so beyond us and, you know, it's one of the only things in this life you really can't do anything about. No one, no one's ever going to be able to stop time or change it. Um, and it doesn't wait for us either. You know, we'll all be, we'll all be lost to time. Like literally no one who's listening to this interview will be around another 150 years at, right. at most, you know, and it's, that's such a small dot on the, on the grand scheme of things. That's kind of what it's about is, really looking to step back and look at time and how it affects everything around us more so than us. Um, like you look at, you know, even the rivers and the trees, they're hundreds of years old. The rivers are thousands of years old. The river I shot the video for that song at has granite boulders in it that are 18,000 years old. So, and they've been sitting in that river and you know, the water's been running over them the entire time and it's changed their bodies and their, spirits and stuff and you can see how it shapes the rock in the same way it kind of shapes the landscape and uh yeah that song is kind of an ode to time and in nature and the grandness of it all i guess and i also wanted to ask you if you could speak on the album artwork and the artist that was involved oh yeah um that cover was done by adrian baxter who I've been a big fan of his um, for years now. He's done stuff uh, for a couple, couple of more other bands that I really love. He did a big 
uh, big cover for Paradise Lost last year. Um, he's done some stuff for like Cloak and Shamash. I think I I first found him because of Cloak. He did Cloak's first album, and I really love the art on that. Um, but yeah, I've been following him, his work since way before any of these songs were written. So um, when it came time for album art, I I wasn't completely sure what I wanted. I knew I wanted something that would really be an accurate representation of the album. And um, I also wanted an artist that I could respect that, you know, would work with my vision, but wouldn't, would put their own flair into it. And mm-hmm. I mean, I probably, uh, I maybe debated for a day or two on the artist until I was like, there's no one that I want to do this besides Adrian. <laughs> and then I sent him an email and he was up for it. So, that was awesome and uh that that was about it it was really seamless with him too he's an amazing artist i'd love to i honestly i wouldn't be surprised if i got him to do the second album too because i just love his work so much and speaking of the second album this album has had such high acclaim i wanted to know if you feel a pressure on doing the sophomore album oh absolutely i mean it's yeah it's like balls to the wall. I mean, every every day I get a little more nervous about it. Um, it's just like uh, even before, um, even before I was getting so much attention, like Barefoot Ghost Dance in particular is like a really hard song to follow up. Um, and I wrote some pretty, what I feel are some really solid tracks it's a in my mind it's a really great black metal album it's kind of everything i would want from a black metal album that first one i really wrote it to be something that i would enjoy as someone who loves black metal um and i think it came out really good but yeah that's the downside of it is like man those those singles are so good and now people love them so much it's like uh it's almost a little hard to follow them up um i definitely definitely take my time more than I ever have at this point. Like in the first album, I kind of just threw them all together. Like I, I barely thought about, it was very nonchalant and um, barely edited them, barely thought about them before I recorded them. Um, they were all pretty much done in one day uh, per song, you know? Um, but now I kind of toil a little bit more and I, there's two or three songs on this album that are really important to me that I've been working on for like two months now and I'm still like chipping away at them and they're really good, but they're not where I want them yet. And it's, uh, that's pretty, that's, that's like a new thing for me. Like if none of this had happened, I'm sure I would have just called them done already, you know, <laughs> Right. Done. but yeah, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely hold feel like I have to hold myself kind of to a higher standard at this point almost yeah because uh most of most of the rallies are that this may be the album of the year yeah I know and that's that's really nuts <laughs> to me I mean I wouldn't uh I never thought that would be on anyone's list you know I would I when I first released the songs I was just hoping someone would hear them, you know, maybe 
if I got to a thousand views or a thousand plays on Spotify or whatever, like that would have been success in my mind. Um, just there's so much black metal out there, and there's so so much of it is great and gets overlooked. Like I didn't really, I kind of expected that to happen to mine too. Like I wasn't holding out for any sort of reception. I kind of just release these songs for myself and to say I did it. Uh, but yeah, the the way the way people have been receiving it is phenomenal. I never, never in a hundred years would have would have thought that people would be this interested in it. It's pretty, it's pretty surreal, honestly. I also wanted to ask you, um, along your musical journey, what's the best advice you've been given along your way? I would say, uh, um. Pretty early on, a couple of the other solo black metal guys I know who kind of uh, picked up on me and were supporting me right from the beginning, uh, way before I uh, got big. Um, uh, Austin from Panopticon has been pretty awesome. I, you know, he was there real early on for me. Um, Jake from Meritognitum is another big one. Um, you know, there's others too, but uh, there were some bigger artists kind of helping, feeding, helping me formulate a plan when I started. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, those those two specifically both came out of the woodwork. Uh, they were I was almost going to release the album with them, one of either or of them before I decided to go independent. Um, but they were both, even when I uh, didn't go with their labels for to produce the album, you know, we remained close. And they were both really adamant really early on about don't sign with anyone and don't give my rights to anyone. And it didn't seem as big of a deal back then. But when I got, you know, a few months in and I was getting major label offers and stuff, and I was considering them a little closely for a while too, but um, obviously I opted to remain independent and that was the best. That was definitely my best decision I made yet. And I won't change that, but um, yeah, just on that front, like I probably wouldn't have been so resistant to labels if those guys didn't really, uh, you know, instill in me how bad labels can be to you. And I started seeing it firsthand when I was looking at signing with a few of the bigger ones. And um, I honestly, I probably would have bit the bullet and gone with one if those guys hadn't warned me to like kind of step back and take a second look before signing with people. And uh, yeah, I'm really grateful for that. Cause I mean, now I'm here and I'm still independent in this, release has been more successful than it would have been with any label. So I definitely can't complain. <laughs> well, and I think too, is that, uh, you know, the most dangerous thing of it is your heart and soul is in these songs and for someone else to own the rights to them is a crime. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what it really came down to was I couldn't get rid of the rights even for, you know, 
I won't say any names, but <laughs> major, even for a major label, I wasn't willing to get rid of the rights. Right. Yeah. And I also wanted to ask you, um, beyond music, do you have any hobbies that you enjoy? Yeah, man, I got, I got more hobbies than anyone. I got, <laughs> I got no free time really. Um, I mean, I do. I've been, you know, very close with nature and kind of living in nature for most of my life on and off and um, hiking, camping, fishing, hunting, all that stuff I love. Um, you know, I've been tracking since I was a kid. I, I'm, um, that's a big hobby of mine. I'm pretty good at tracking uh, whitetail and black bear are my, are my mains, but I really can track anything. Um I, I do taxidermy and I tan pelts and hides and stuff. Um, I'm definitely, I guess I definitely call me an outdoorsman. I, uh, and aside from that, um, we have a homestead here, me and my wife. So we got gardens and chickens and, um, there's always stuff to do around here. Um, before I, would, uh, before I became a career musician, I was building houses. I'm a, I'm a carpenter. So oh, wow. I do uh, time before before Blackbird took off. So I mean, um, by the on the off chance that I get some free time around here, I do like doing woodwork and you know I'll build picnic tables and decks and docks for little stuff like that from time to time still. And uh, yeah, I, I definitely stay busy. <laughs> I also wanted to ask you, what's the best way to get merchandise? Um, definitely my website. Uh, my website's got pretty much everything on it. I got some limited merch in Europe as well with Naropa Records there. Um, and so if you're in Europe, um, they're they're located in Belgium and they ship from Belgium, so you can definitely save on some shipping there. But um, the bulk of my stuff's always going to be on my website, blackbraid.us. And, uh, you know, I'll always make the most money off of that too. Like it's not like Bandcamp. Bandcamp is very good to its artists, but they still do take a little cut. So like, um, it's still a little more beneficial to buy stuff for, on my website than it is to buy it on Bandcamp. But it's, it's also a pretty minute difference. Like either way, you're helping me out. So, <laughs> And I also wanted to ask you, is there a vinyl version of this? Uh, there's one in the works um, with the huge vinyl delays in all over the world right now. It's just not ready, and I didn't really want to hold on to the album anymore. Um, looking at tentatively a December release for the vinyl, and I'll probably do a pre-order in maybe October sometime. Uh assuming that that date is still on track but i want to get uh i want to wait for like a more solid ship date from the production company before i go putting out the pre-order to make sure we're not like jumping the gun too early because i don't want people waiting forever either and lastly i wanted to ask you i wanted to give you a floor so you could speak to your fans if you have any message for them Man, I don't know. Uh, my fans have been pretty awesome. Um, I, uh, 
I can't really say anything to them other than thank you. I mean, the whole reason I'm here is because people have been buying my album and, you know, supporting me and uh, showing interest and support no matter what way you're doing it. You don't even have to buy my stuff, you know. Even if you're just listening to it on YouTube every day, you're you're making my views go up or Spotify, wherever it is. Or even if you're just showing your friends, I mean, um, this literally is something black braid was something that was completely manifested by the fans i mean without them it's just me writing music in my bedroom you know and uh none of this would ever have happened if if people weren't supporting me and, and giving me their love and their strength so i mean all i can really say to them is thank you <laughs> and i hope they like the album you know it's that's who i'm making it making music for at this point too it's not just for me it's for them so I hope no. Well, I don't. I don't want to disappoint anyone. Um, kind of plays into the holding myself to a higher standard with stuff going forward. But yeah, I really can't say anything other than thank you to those guys. Well, I wanted to say you've created an amazing album, cover to cover. It's totally immersive from front to back. Man, means a lot. Thank you. That's what I was going for, I guess. So. And I wanted to thank you for taking time to speak with me today. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Oh, absolutely. You too. I'm always happy to talk, especially about, especially about the music. So, And uh, please feel free to keep me updated at any new news as it comes about. Yeah, absolutely. And if you see me, uh, if you see me putting stuff out, you can always poke me and stuff too, if you want to talk about it. Cause I, uh, I got so much stuff going on lately. I, I kind of fly, you know, I forget where I'm at sometimes, but. <laughs> <laughs> I totally understand that. I try to, um, I personally uh, work a full-time job and do this on the side. And it's been, it's been yeah. taking off and uh, I'm doing two, three interviews a day. Yeah, man, I get that. I mean, me and you were in the same boat two months ago. I, I just stopped. I left my full-time job. I told you I was like a residential carpenter, but mm -hmm. I was doing that until uh, maybe April, I think. April or May was like when I really bit the bullet and was like, I'm making, a, making good money on Black Braid, and I don't really have time to do both of these anymore, so I had to pick one or the other. And It was a little well, risky, picked... but... <laughs> Obviously, I went for Blackbraid, and it's working so far. So, <laughs> absolutely, and uh, yeah, I look forward to staying in touch. And you have a great rest of your day, my friend. You too. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'll be around. All right. All right. All right. Take care. You too. Thank you. Bye. I'd like to thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can sponsor the podcast. Just click that button and you can be a member of the family. And remember, come see me for a fix.